Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The lights are out. Curry gets it. The lights go out. The game is over. And we're here to pick up the pieces. This is Warriors Wrap-Up. On 95.7, the game. The crowd starting to raise the roof here at Chase. After two years of uncertainty and injuries, the Golden State Warriors have put the splash back in the finals. Final score, Warriors 120, Dallas 110. The Warriors win the West. Four games to one. And get ready for the Eastern Conference winner, which could be determined tomorrow night. What a night inside Chase Center as we welcome you into Warriors Wrap-Up. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason and the Warriors, as you hear the call from Tim Roy there, on to the NBA Finals. First time since 2019, but the greater story, Whitey Gleason, the Warriors back in the Finals for the sixth time in eight seasons and for the sixth consecutive time with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green healthy. It's almost as if those last years uh, of – didn't even happen now when you, yeah. when you look at it. Uh, mm-hmm. Whitey, just your initial thoughts here on a special, special night in downtown San Francisco. Uh, great to be with you. Really looking forward to talking with Warrior fans tonight, J.D. I get on a night like this, and these nights are rare, of course, I find myself getting a little reflective, emotional, thinking back to the first Warrior game I went to as a kid at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum Arena, thinking back to Rick Barry and that championship, then, of course, the rise of the Splash Brothers, and can't help but think, as, as Steve Kerr discussed it tonight and Steph discussed it, can't help but reflect on on how much it's taken the Warriors to get here after those last two years. I mean, Steph said it himself. We know this isn't the ultimate goal, but we got to celebrate this with what we've been through the last three years. Steve Kerr talked about it. I got to admit, J.D., I was <laughs> flashing back on that 15-win that season quite a bit. And then at the end of the game tonight, Marquise Chris is on the floor for the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness, this is just so strange. I have to confess, as you and I were there side by side, that was my first year doing wars with you. I know you've done it many years, but I, I have to admit I wasn't sure we would get to this point, J.D., where the Warriors are hoisting the, the Western Conference championship trophy and we're getting ready for the nba finals 
Yeah, it, it really is amazing, and there were so many question marks just coming into this season. I know Steve Kerr did address it in, in his postgame press conference, which we will play for you at some point uh, between now and 11 o'clock, but tonight, really, Whitey, is about the Warrior fans, and we'll open up the phone lines right off the top here, 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. We want to hear from you uh, as the Warriors are back in the NBA Finals for the sixth time in eight years. And, and I was just looking at uh, just how incredible it is for the Warriors to, to, to do and what a feat that is for them to do. You go, the Bulls did it back in the 90s, six times in, in eight years. The Lakers did it uh, back between 1962 and 1973. Also did it again in, in the 80s, between 80 and 91. And then you go all the way back to the Celtics of the late 50s and then throughout the entire decade of the 60s. That's how rare it is with the Warriors, just the fourth team in NBA history to do it, and and basically the fifth different stretch of NBA history where one team has, has made it to the finals six times in eight years with all of the injuries and all of the question marks and, and COVID being such a, a big part of the last two seasons. Uh, and it, it's incredible to just think of the Warriors back on this stage, and, and the finals are going to begin Thursday night right here in this building at Chase Center, June the 2nd, against either wow. Boston or Miami. We know that. The Warriors have home court advantage regardless, and they got a shot to try and win another chip. I think as far as this series goes, just to take a glance back, I think tonight boiled down to, and I know I texted you earlier today, I had watched game four again today, and I was a little concerned about this and that, and I felt like, you know, someone's going to have to step up offensively besides Steph, and of course, Clay had a huge night, but I think this series boiled down to Dallas, just they couldn't guard the Warriors, and that was their biggest issue tonight. Um, but it's just amazing going back to some of the things Steve Kerr said before the playoffs started, J.D. I know we talked about him here. We talked about him on uh, Warriors this week, and he said, look, the rotation, the playoffs, it's going to vary a lot, game to game, series to series, and we kind of nodded like, okay, well, we'll see about that. And then tonight, Bielitsa signing, and Bielitsa played well, and he played good defense at the top of that zone. So, and uh, Steve Kerr, very self-deprecating, uh, said, if I was smarter, I would have played him sooner. Uh, strength in numbers is my point. The Warriors getting back to the finals after these long two years, getting back to the finals with the same philosophy that got them into the finals in the first place back in the 2014-15 season. Yeah, and, and of course, it all starts, begins, and ends with Steph Curry. And, and we'll go ahead and get to, right off the top here, our handyman hero, uh, our Handyman Hero of the Game, brought to you by Handyman Heroes. Handyman Heroes, your one-stop shop for home repair and remodeling. You can mention the game for a 10% discount on all labor. Visit www.handymanhero.es. And this is the point in the program where there were a lot of heroes tonight, mm -hmm. but only one man who walked out with the Western Conference Finals inaugural MVP trophy, the Magic Johnson trophy, and for all the discussion about could Looney get his name in the mix? What about Andrew Wiggins? Uh, Stephen Curry, uh, the system, as Kevin Durant said back in the day, uh, is the Western Conference Finals MVP, the first Western Conference Finals MVP. So I, I got to give the nod here, Whitey, to Steph for the entire series and the tone that he set as the Warriors' best player, the job he did defensively and able to just control the game, I thought, more than anything 
in these five games, whether he was shooting it well as he did in some games or not shooting it well in others, as was the case tonight, he always had his pulse on controlling things for the Warriors in this series, and so he walks away with that MVP. Yeah, I've already heard from a Warrior fan or two, as you probably have, uh, about how you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it tonight. Boy, Curry, he's Steph, but I, MVP, I don't know. And I agree with you, J.D., when you look at it, it's like, yeah, he's definitely the MVP in this series. Looney, of course, had, what, 35 rebounds? Steph had 30 rebounds himself. Tonight he had nine <laughs> assists. Nine assists and two turnovers. Didn't shoot the ball especially well tonight after tweaking the ankle, but Steph Curry was excellent throughout this series. It speaks to how quietly excellent he is, the fact that you almost overlook him and just take for granted. I thought Wiggins, you know, was a candidate because of what he did at both ends, and Looney deserves a tip of the cap, and I know fans were chanting you probably were too jd looney when they presented the trophy but there's no question steph curry was the mvp of this series yeah so steph curry the mvp of the series and that makes him our handyman hero of the night and handyman hero of the series for the warriors again handyman heroes your one-stop shop for home repair and remodeling mention the game for a 10 percent discount on all labor and visit www.handymanhero.com Yes. 888-957-9570. Mentioned it off the top tonight about the Warriors fans. we got a lot of people that want to squawk with us. Get in line now. When one person drops off, another person can get in at 888-957-9570. We want to hear from you. We're going to start it with Tim in North Carolina here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Tim. Tim. What's up, fellas? I appreciate y'all getting me, man. It's like 1230 over here, so i got to say thank you for that. <laughs> Um, look, J.D., both of you, I mean, look, I love me some stuff. I love them, man. But that damn Looney and Wiggins, boy, they gave him a run for their money, man. I mean, Wiggins made big shots throughout this series. He was a two-way player. And, I mean, Looney tonight, man, those offensive rebounds when the game got close, um, kicking it back out to Steph, kicking it back out to Clay, man, was big time. But I want to say this, man, honestly, I think these guys have been prepped and prepared for this next step. I think playing Memphis, that's the most physical team in the playoffs with a dynamic one-on-one player, and they beat them. I think playing Dallas is the best shooting team that was in the playoffs with a dynamic one-on-one player, and they beat them. And now they're going to go against Boston in all likelihood, and Boston is not the shooting team Dallas is. And I don't think they're as physical as Memphis is. They do present challenges, but these guys with a week worth of rest, possibly getting GP back, possibly getting Iggy back, they have been prepped and, and prepared for this, man. So they shouldn't get caught off guard. And they should go into this thing guns blazing, man. I mean, this team is a little bit unpredictable. We know that. But they can't say they haven't been prepared and ready for this moment, man. So, again, guys, I appreciate y'all hitting me up early so I can just listen to you and fall asleep afterwards. Um, but y'all have a good night, guys. Take care. Appreciate it, Tim. 888-957-9570. You know, we talked a little bit about the questions just coming into the season. There were a lot of questions just coming into the beginning of the playoffs a month and a half ago as to how many different players who hadn't been through it. We we know the players that have been through it, but could the players who have been through it transfer their wisdom and their experience and their ability to the others that hadn't been through it? And I think you look around now – at, at the others, the Jordan Pools and the Andrew Wiggins and, and players like that, Otto Porter Jr., who had some playoff experience, Gary Payton II, who the Warriors could get back, 
the Warriors are much more equipped now. A lot of those boxes have been checked. A lot of those questions answered among the others, the non-championship core, Whitey, that the Warriors carried into this postseason. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, Tim, I'm glad you mentioned Looney. Uh, He also had four assists on top of everything else. Looney passed the ball very well in this series. But you're right, J.D., before the playoffs started, there were questions, legitimate questions about Poole. Can he do it in the postseason? Wiggins, can he be a postseason player? What about the health of Steph and Draymond? And what about Clay, who had struggled so much, was up and down so much uh, towards the end of the regular season? Clay, as I said, I was really worried about Clay because in the last game, it's not that he played badly. He just couldn't make a shot. And it was almost like he wasn't there. It's like, where is Clay? So for him to have a big night tonight, it was huge. Uh, very encouraging going forward. And he said it himself. Ernie Johnson talked to him after the game. Clay said, you know, I, I should have made more shots. So he had a big night, still room for improvement, and just an emotional lift for the team to see Clay have that big night. But also in terms of basketball-wise, in the finals, they're going to need Clay to play like he played tonight. Yeah, and look, Clay's got it in him. Maybe it's not every game, but but there is going to be one game or, or a couple in a series at least where he does have it in him. And I think the Warriors are definitely going to need it. And I, th- I do feel yep. like he, he believes he's left a little bit uh, on the table there. Rich Ray is next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Rich Ray. Hey, J.D. Why didn't you do a great job? Thanks for uh, getting me in quickly. Uh, I don't want to take the air off the ball like James Harden, but, you know, one thing that you – We've been saying all years, oh, Curry just doesn't shoot it. And it was the same. You know, Curry can't even, like, they're running so many, they've been running so many people at Curry over the last, over this season. He can't get a clean look. I mean, he's taking 30 footers and he's trying to get involved. The only thing he really has is penetration. But that's not what I called to say. I'm real quick tonight. I want your take on what the hell you think. KD is thinking about with his emotional ass. I'll take your uh, comments off the road. Y'all do a great job. Yeah, thanks for the call, Rich Ray. I mean, that, that is a fair thing to bring up now because there were many, and, and look, myself included, that thought it was going to be extremely difficult for this team to get back to an NBA Finals without Kevin Durant. And going back to 2019 and him making the decision to go to Brooklyn, not that it was necessarily going to be easier for him to get to an NBA Finals. I, I didn't love that pairing between him and Kyrie, and now we know the later versions of it with James Harden before that all blew up in, in their face. But there's no doubt for the Warriors, too. And, and let's not forget, Whitey, Kevin Durant did the Warriors a favor by allowing for a sign-and-trade, which allowed the Warriors to get D'Angelo Russell, and then they were able to turn D'Angelo Russell into not only Andrew Wiggins, but down the line, Jonathan Kaminga. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows what's going through KD's mind? My guess is that if anything, he you know he wanted to leave here. I don't think he has any second thoughts about. Gee, I should have stayed. I mean, he w- wanted out. He may have second thoughts about hitching his wagon to to Kyrie Irving's wagon. But okay, oh well, he should have seen that coming. I do think though the other side of it, Rich Ray, in my opinion, not to dodge your question, but I think one of the reasons this is supposed so special for the Warriors, they will never mention this, the fact that they're doing this without him, and that's not that they begrudge KD at all. It's just the way so many people thought. Ah. That didn't really, yeah, they, they they won and then they lost to LeBron and then they added KD. So it doesn't mean as much. And I think the fact that they got back here after the two-year hiatus without Kevin Durant, nothing against him, but I think it's one of the things that validates everything they did before KD got here. And I think it's one of the things that makes this conference championship extra, extra special for them. 
No, I, I think that's that's spot on, Whitey. And and you just look at it now. It's it's three NBA Finals appearances for for Steph and and Clay and Draymond without Kevin Durant now. And then you have obviously the mm-hmm. the three with them. And we'll see if they can wind up winning another championship. Uh, you've got Durant, who was able to get to the one Finals with with Oklahoma City, going back what ten years ago, I guess, in 2012 when they lost to LeBron in the Heat, and mm-hmm. what was LeBron's first title. But yeah, I think you look at it; it's it's coming up roses and coming up ahead for the Steph Clay uh, Draymond contingent, no no question about it. Uh, let's get Mima in San Francisco. Hey, Mima, you're on 95.7 The Game. Hi, going guys. Hey. So a great night tonight. It was there in the arena for deck with my son, my 11-year-old son. And, um, you know, this takes me back to my childhood when I was about his age. I grew up in the L.A. area and was a Lakers fan and a huge Magic Johnson fan. I actually met him at one point. Incredibly nice guy. And, and then I moved to San Francisco 22 years ago, and I really adopt, you know, the teams here. I love this sports spirit in this town. And now I go to this uh, – Amazing game five. We win the Western Conference, you know, trophy, and we watch the first Magic Johnson trophy be given to our guy now, the guy my son and I love, Steph Curry, um, who has so much of the spirit of Magic Johnson, the love of basketball, um, and just a great ambassador for the game. Who's brought you know young kids um, into this the sphere of this game and changed the game forever. And so it's a pretty amazing moment for me. And my son was there with me. And he's going to say something. He's the one that actually called the number. He said, I'm going to call and try to get in. So here's my 11-year-old boy. Say something. Well, um, I think, well, first of all, Moody played really well in the second quarter. I think he hit some big shots in the playoff. He played great. And Steph facilitated really well. And Cool hit a nice shot. So when they're on a run, he made a good layoff. And then um, Luke missed. That like kind of, I think that was at the end of the kind of. How did it feel to be there, buddy? Good. Awesome. Well, thanks for having us on, guys. Go Dub. Thank you for thank you for the call. We really appreciate it. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Good stuff there, and and yeah, I do think Whitey, there is. You know, the, the game is passed down generationally from from fathers and sons and and moms and daughters and and everybody uh, enjoys it in, in a different way and, and I think tonight is one of those nights. You know, you mentioned it off the top where, where you get a little reflective of of the mm-hmm. journey and your own fandom as a kid, and I, I just I think that's a great call that connection between. Uh, generations and somebody that was a Laker fan back in in, in the eighties yeah. days and now and now his son kind of sharing this moment and all having it come full circle. Uh, the young man is right. Moody made some big shots. I think he had seven in that second quarter and they were big. And then also the connection. Speaking of connections, I hadn't thought of this, but the connection between uh, Steph and then Magic. The connection I think of is they just played with joy. So much joy. The famous story, uh, his first game as a rookie, Magic Johnson throws a pass to Kareem. He makes a hook shot to beat the San Diego Clippers on opening night. And Magic's so happy, he hugs Kareem. And Kareem's like, what are you doing? We got 81 more of these. But, but, you know, Magic brought some of that joy to the NBA, the joy of basketball. And Steph has always, always played with that as well. 888-957-9570. Moody and Bielitsa, both both big in that yeah. second quarter, especially Bielitsa was, 
kind of locking Luca down on a couple of, on a couple of possessions. Uh, Luca got off to just a horrible start in the Warriors' defense. Terrific on him, taking him away. The Mavs were able to hang in the in the game at at different points and get back into the game because they they were able to hit 17 threes tonight. Uh, but the Warriors were able to build the the 25 point lead in a game that they never trailed in this one, uh, and they went at 120 to 110 to advance to the NBA Finals. Uh, Archie in Fremont is next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Archie. Oh, we lost Archie. Ken in Fremont next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Ken. Hey, what's going on? I just wanted to say um, I wanted to agree with the caller earlier about um, – uh, Caban and um, Wiggins, like buying for the MVP. I think they did pretty well um, as well, as Steph. But uh, I also wanted to bring up another point. As I was watching after the game, I noticed a lot of the fans, um, as they were taunting uh, Charles Barkley, man, they were throwing stuff at him. And I don't know. I think I think that was very rude. It's kind of uncalled for. I think we're better than that. Um, you know, he didn't deserve that. And um. Also, um, there was something else, but yeah, that, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, appreciate the call, Whitey. Did you did you catch that? And 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 maybe any comment? I would just say that is unfortunate, and it's never proper. But you know, Charles Barkley kind of. I mean, to a degree, he asked for it. It should never go that far. But my goodness, the things he said, he went way further on this whole San Francisco is a hellhole than, than he should have. And that's his bit and everything. That's his shtick. And no, you shouldn't throw stuff. But I, I'm not surprised that someone took that too far. I will just say this to uh, Ken's point about uh, Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins tonight had 18 points, and J.D., he had 10 rebounds. He didn't shoot the three-ball well at all, didn't make any. But Wiggins was a real presence tonight. And, and again, with Steph struggling, they needed that. They needed that, and it's not the first time that Wiggins has been able to do that with, with Steph struggling to score. I, I think there was a legitimate case to be made for Andrew Wiggins to be the, mm-hmm. the conference finals MVP. No, no issue with Steph getting it. And I, I did see the, the voting. It, he was a unanimous uh, winner of it, by the way. I'm looking three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There were nine uh, nine writers that voted on it. Uh, a couple beat writers from the Dallas side, PJ Carlissimo of ESPN Radio, uh, also a couple of national writers uh, as well. Vincent Goodwill of Yahoo Sports, part of that. Uh, Tim McMahon of ESPN, Reggie Miller was part of it, Marcus Thompson, and then CJ Holmes and Madeline Kenny, uh, the two beat writers for the Chronicle and Bay Area News Group, a part of that as well. All nine voting for Steph Curry uh, for the Western Conference Finals MVP. Yeah, Steph had a really good, and my numbers are, I have him 18 for 41 beyond the arc in uh, this series, which is uh, well over 40%. I only have his numbers here for his stats for four games, so I'm I'm uh, adding in the box score as we speak here, but 18 for 41. He had a really good series, and there's no way I don't think the Warriors win this without uh, Steph Curry. So, yeah, I'm with you on that, but Wiggins, just the fact that how many times a night you see him score and then right away turn around and guard Luka. Luka did not have a very good series. I thought Steve Kerr is very diplomatic after the game. He said, boy, he's impossible to guard. And then you look at the numbers like, well, you guys actually did a pretty good job of guarding him, and that all started with Wiggins. Yeah, he, he deserved votes. Looney deserved mention, but I think Steph was the guy. No, I agree with you on that. 888-957-9570. Dre and Lamore next on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Dre. 
J.D. Whitey, it's a good night to be a Warriors fan. The Warriors jumped out to that big lead. I was happy. I thought we were cruising. And Dallas brought it up. Did they come in within nine points? I know they brought it to ten a couple times. He got it to within eight, was, I believe, was the closest they got it. Wow. I was I was starting to get a little scared, but, you know, the Warriors championship DNA came through. I agree that Curry should have got the MVP. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I heard it on your show or I heard it on another show, but Wiggins, somebody said, is Harrison Barnes 2.0. And that's what we're going to need to beat the Celtics. Wiggins... Ron Looney, the whole team to play as a unit, and especially the way they played tonight, limiting the turnovers, hitting the boards. It was a great game. I can't believe the Warriors are back where they're at, and it's special to see Clay back. To all your Warrior fans out there, keep the faith. We're going to do this. And thanks for taking my call, J.D. Whitey. You guys have a great night. Appreciate it, Dre and Lamore checking in. Uh, Whitey, yeah, look, Andrew Wiggins is better than Harrison Barnes. Yes, let's just Thank you. let's just say that Absolutely. right off the bat. Yes, that was Thank the biggest you. takeaway from that phone call that <laughs> needed to be responded to. I think immediately, Harrison Barnes is an upgrade, and they need much more from Wiggins in this finals than they got from Harrison Barnes in particular in that in that second finals in 2016 if they play Boston. <laughs> I know Draymond was on TNT and Shaq was trying to goad him into, "Hey, who are you going to who do you want to play?" And and Draymond wasn't having any of the who do you want to play and then finally Draymond after Shaq asked him four or five times said, "I'll tell you who I think we're going to play." And then he actually said uh, the Boston Celtics, tough tough opponent. Tonight maybe not the night to focus too much on that matchup. We got about a week to do it here with game one next Thursday but yeah Andrew Wiggins is a better player than than Harrison Barnes was and they will need him to continue to be yeah that that comment we appreciate it that was like a loose ball and you and I were going for it scrambling <laughs> we were fighting you, over it you, we were you fighting got, over it big time yeah you got to it first you got the 50 50 ball but another thing about Wiggins real quick I know I and I think you but I know I have been really critical in the past of his foul shooting and he was four for four tonight again you know, a situation where you got a lead, you're trying to keep that lead and clinch a series every free throw huge. And tonight, Wiggins, four for four from the charity stripe. Uh, let's keep it moving here with uh, Jordan and Hayward next on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Jordan. Jordan, you there? Hello? Hello. Hey, Jordan, you're on the radio. You there? Uh, this this is Charlie. But uh, Oh, hey, Char- Charlie. Hey, Charlie. Charlie. Sorry, Charlie. Sorry. We, we, yep, we got we got put, the lines crossed. Hold and get Jordan, or should I talk? No, nah, Char- <laughs> no. Nah, let's let's stick. We're going to roll with you, Charlie. All right. Very cool. I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah. No worries. Uh, uh, all right. Well, I, I wanted uh, hats off to be elite tonight. This guy hasn't played all playoff long. He comes in and played impactful. Hit a big three point shot. He made the play of the game for me was when he dived to save the ball from going into the backcourt. Uh, he could have come out here and looked completely lost tonight, and he played he played impactfully, he played effectively. So hats off to Bielita, and just um, even though this is all as part of one big run, I'm almost looking tonight at this team separate from the five uh, title appearances of a couple of years ago. Even though the same core, same staff, Kerr, uh, Clay, and, and Draymond, I almost look at it as two separate 
um, out of runs, if you can say. I, does that make any sense? It's like I, I'm, I'm looking at it as two different entities, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know what the word is. Um, anyway, um, that's all I got, guys. If you And if you can touch on the injuries to Iguodala, Peyton, and, and Otto, will they be available for the finals, if you know anything about that? And um, I'll keep listening, guys. Have a good show. Yeah, appreciate it, Charlie. 888-957-9570. As far as the injuries go, I, I mean, it's still – I know there has been some, I, I think, quiet optimism that, that – all three of them could be back at some point in the finals. I know Porter's day-to-day, so he probably, of those, you look at game one, he would probably be the most likely to be able to play in a game one of the finals. Peyton, I think it's more at some point in the series. And I know Iguodala, there was a report just a couple of days ago that that he's eyeing a return and and optimistic that maybe he will be able to return. But I think it's still too early to tell really on, on all three with Porter maybe being the most optimistic. As far as just how you look at, at just, the second run or, or with the two-year gap and the, yeah it is six and eight overall I do think there's some similarities to the Bulls run although it is different the Bulls had Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen for the three championships that they won 91 to 93 then Jordan decides to go and, and play baseball for a couple of years they don't win it and then he comes back and it's him and Pippen with an entirely different team at 96 97 98 they win three in a row uh, with Jordan coming back and 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 not losing or not winning the title in in '95 late in that season, uh, but this is similar to that. Although it's Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and it, but then you've also got Iguodala and Looney, who's been a, you know, Iguodala part of all of it, although not really much of a part of this playoff run, at least on the floor, and then Looney, who is somebody that's been around for for the back end and really a major factor in the 18 and and, and 19 uh, championship runs with them going one and one in those finals. So similar, I think, though, to the Bulls run, if you had to compare it to anything. Yeah, and Steve Kerr addressed, and we probably will hear that coming up here. As far as the injuries go, J.D., here's how I see it. And if you disagree with this, please let me know, because I know you're privy to more of the team reports than I am. But I think Porter's return is about as likely as, like, somebody making a free throw. It's like, yeah, he's probably going to be back. We'll see. Uh, GP2 is more like a three Someone making a three is like it could happen, but, you know, at the end of the shot clock, throwing up a three, and I think Iguodala coming back to me is like a half-court heave, and I, it's great that there's optimism, but, you know, it's the neck before it was the knee, and physically he's just been breaking down, and we haven't seen much of him, uh, so I, I, I would be surprised if he's back. GP2 would be a pleasant surprise. Porter, I think, will be back. And to Charlie's other point I wanted to address real quick, Bielitsa, yeah, defensively, and you you talked about it earlier, J.D., there was a number of times where he ended up isolated on Luca, and I was talking to the TV going, he can't guard him, he can't guard him, he can't, oh, look at that, he stopped him. In addition to that, when they were in the zone and you had Bielitsa's length on top of that zone, he did a really good job. And by the way, something that has not been talked about enough in this series, the Warriors trapping out of their zone. We saw a lot of it tonight. We have seen it mm-hmm. through this series. People people have not been talking about it. They had a lot of success with that. At time. They would spring it at the right time. They did more of it tonight. But that's another thing that really disrupted Luka. And I don't know why. No one's talking about that, but the Warriors trapping out of their zone. The elite to us part of that. They did it in the corners and up top off screens. Warriors had a lot of success with that in this series. Yeah, Really opportunistic with it, and and anytime anytime Jordan Poole was was in the game, 
they would basically zone up and then they would pick their spots to to really try and force the action and and take uh you know take the ball out of out of people's hands or or if they put themselves in vulnerable vulnerable mm-hmm. positions on the court there would be a yeah. double no very 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 well prepared defensively well coached to be able to know the right times to to go to that i think that's an excellent observation. Uh, let, let's get Jordan and Hayward back in here. Uh, we went out of order on you, Jordan. Apologies for that, uh, but you're up next here on Warriors Wrap-Up with J.D. and Whitey. What's going on, Jordan? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Oh, yeah. What's going on? A very exciting time. Um, you know, there's a, you know some talk about this team reminding uh, people of like the Bulls and the Bulls run, but th- this reminds me of the Spurs. Um, the Spurs, you know, they did everything in the draft. The Warriors did everything in the draft. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, they had a couple free agency pickups over the years. But, but you know, most of what they did was in the draft, and uh, they just don't go away. And I think the, the reason why the Spurs were so good for so long wasn't just because of defense, but they had the kind of players that didn't uh, just depend on their athleticism. And so that's exactly – what the Warriors have, and that's that's why even this season, I don't even think this is the peak of this next run. I think I think we might be two seasons off from the peak of their next run. Um, so anyway, yeah, so that was cool. Um, one thing I will say, this is something I've been noticing about Jordan Poole. He doesn't look around. He's not hitting the open guy uh, enough. Um, but other than that, I don't have any complaints, man. I mean, I'm excited. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to see, uh, you know, the Warriors back in the finals. Jordan and Hayward, appreciate the call there. Uh, what do you think, Whitey, of the, the Spurs comparison? I think that's a good one. I think that's a fair one. The weird thing about the Spurs, as you know, J.D., is anyone who knows basketball knows, they won, what, 99, and then uh, their first, then the last one in 2014, right before the Warriors won, the Spurs won their last. So they had that stretched out. David Robinson was part of it. David, uh, uh, excuse me, um, Tim Duncan, of course, was a big part of it. But that was really unusual for a team to win, what, five over a 15-year period. Um, so the Warriors, I can't compare to that yet because I know it's been, you know, 2014. It's been more like eight, nine years. So I see, I see some, uh, some similarities there. But I, 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 this is just unique. And the Bulls thing, you know, with three, two three-peats, two different three-peats to win three and then a two-year break and then win three more and they might have won more if they hadn't broken that team up so that's a unique thing about this team and I don't know if we can really compare this warrior team until we find out what happens next are you know are they if they win another championship this year then it's all in play but I'll have to wait and see not only who they play of course but how they do if they win a championship this year yeah then then we're talking about you know that's that's like major greatest teams of all time legacy stuff Absolutely, and and this would be what a fourth championship in, yeah. in eight years. And if you yeah. go back to the Lakers, the Lakers won f- what five championships in nine years, I believe, mm-hmm. from nineteen eighty uh, all the way through nineteen eighty eight, and went to the finals a couple of more times in there that they didn't win it. Uh, yep. Also, but but I think they they would still have the eighties Lakers. I know it's not all confined to the same decade on the calendar the way that the Lakers did, but that that eight nine-year run if they wound up they'd have an opportunity to match the five and nine of the of the Lakers if they were able to win this year and next year yeah yeah and I'm not saying if they win this year they're the greatest team ever but really when you have these conversations comparing them to the you know the Celtics or the Bulls or the Spurs another championship this year would go a long ways towards cementing their legacy as one of the very best teams of all time 
Uh, let's keep it rolling here. Kevin in Walnut Creek next on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Kevin. Hi, guys. Uh, I just wanted to uh, call in and uh, give give Clay some uh, appreciation. You know, um, He's obviously one of the most liked superstars in the league. Um, for him to come back after two years and play like he did did tonight and game six game six in Memphis but you know um it, it's just poetry in motion pretty much for basketball uh so yeah that's my comment thanks guys yeah thank and Clay was awesome tonight I mean he he was the hero for tonight I think no doubt he was locked in early eight of 16 from three-point range didn't need to be game six Clay but it was closeout Clay in this one Whitey yeah, at a time when they really, really needed it, as we've said. He also had three assists tonight. So the offense was functioning at a pretty high level tonight for the most part. I agree with, and I hate to be negative here, but Jordan made a comment about pools sometimes over dribbling. And, you know, he had a really nice series. He had 16 tonight, although he was minus six. But that is there. Sometimes the offense bogs down when pool, he over dribbles a little bit. And he that's one area in which he can uh, improve and and. He's had an excellent year. He's been incredible. But I think he's going to be targeted a lot in the next round in the finals. So it's going to be interesting to see how he responds. Especially, you know, they're going to, whoever they play, they're going to go after him defensively. And that's one of the reasons the Warriors have played so much zone. So Jordan Poole, as great a year as he's had this year, he's really going to be on the, on the spot in the next round, J.D. Yeah, and a, a previous caller as well mentioning the fact that the Celtics, if it is going to be the Celtics, Really, really good defensive team. I know they were right there with the Warriors. They actually yeah. caught the Warriors at, at one point for the top defensive team in in the league. And I think they aren't as efficient and are prone to, to more dry spells offensively. So I think this is going to be the kind of a series. Again, if it is the Celtics, we don't know that it's the Celtics where the Warriors may have to put more of a, a defensive imprint on things than than maybe they did in in any of these other series and they've played pretty good defense for the most part in in all of these series a big big part of of how they were able to 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 win and and advance and get to the finals if boston wins i don't know what's going to happen i think they'd be the best team the warriors have played i'm not saying they can't beat them but i don't know what's going to happen if miami wins the warriors are going to win the championship if miami gets into the finals jd i don't know how you feel but i'm pretty confident if it's miami team that's falling apart before our very eyes uh i think the warriors are going to win the championship if that's who they play 888-957-9570 let's go ahead and pause right here uh we'll come back we'll get to more phone calls uh, and a couple of lines open right now as well. We want to hear from you. We'll hear from Steve Kerr as well and some of the players downstairs in the interview room as the Warriors are on to the NBA Finals, Woo-hoo. sixth time in eight seasons. Tonight is for the Warrior fans out there. 888-957-9570. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. Warriors 120, Mavs 110. Series over, four games to one. You heard it all right here at 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Draymond with the catch. Hand off to Clay. Right elbow jumper. That's short. Rebound. Looney deflected it. Got it back to Clay. Right side three. Got it! 18 rebounds by Looney. 115-100. Now back to Warriors Wrap Up on 95-7 The Game. All right, John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors on to the NBA Finals for the sixth time in eight years. Finals begin at Chase. On Thursday, the 2nd of June, so next Thursday, uh, a week from tonight, the NBA Finals inside Chase Center. The Warriors 9-0 and at home, Whitey, now in Chase Center's history here. And if they can hold serve at home, they're going to be NBA champions if they go unbeaten at home between now and the end of this thing. Because they will, and I know there were a lot of people that had questions uh, when I had tweeted out the schedule, which was announced for the finals right at the conclusion of the Warriors game tonight, the Warriors have home court advantage in the NBA Finals, regardless of whether the Celtics close things out or the Heat are able to come back and win. Uh, the Warriors won 53 games to Boston's 51, and the Heat also won 53. So it was 53-53, but the Warriors swept the Heat. So they have home court advantage regardless, and the road to the championship will go through Chase. Here's a question for you, J.D., and for uh, the smartest uh, Warrior fans and radio here, 888-957-9570. How concerned did you get? And maybe, J.D., I know you're, you're a journalist, so maybe you don't get concerned, but in terms of um, to what extent did you feel, wow, this Warrior lead is in real jeopardy here in the fourth quarter? It's the NBA. I figured, all right, Dallas is probably going to make a run. We have had a lot of blowouts in this year's playoffs so the normal rules don't always apply but I figured they're gonna make a run they did make it a little tighter than I thought they might the Warriors the way they responded kept me from ever thinking wow they're in danger here because they just seem to really respond well offensively when Dallas made it close but how much danger did you feel they were really in when Dallas made their late run not not much I, I thought it was it, it was more admirable on the on the Mavs part than than really a true threat uh, on the Warriors' mm-hmm. part. And I thought, you you look going in that fourth quarter, the Jordan Poole, huge bucket, end of the third quarter. It was a 22-5 to run for the Mavs and a 15 to nothing run before Poole had a layup to close the quarter. Then Wiggins has a dunk to begin the fourth. There's a Draymond yep. and one, another Draymond layup. And at that point, 
uh, I'm thinking the Warriors have this thing in control uh, all the way. That was the point where even though it did get closer a little bit uh, later on, I thought the Warriors were in were in good shape and, and would be able to do enough to close it out. Let me just say this real quick about Luka. If he takes as long to get back to Dallas as he takes to get back down court after he misses a shot, they can expect him, I'd say, maybe 4th of July. My goodness, especially if he thinks he's fouled. Oh, man, he stays down there forever. But Steph Curry, the MVP, just, again, the numbers. And I understand, you know, Wiggins, why people think it should have been Wiggins. And he had a great series, and he worked his tail off defensively. Looney did great things. But Steph averaged 24 points a game, about 7.5 assists. He shot 44% from the three-point line. And I believe he averaged six rebounds a game as well. So as great as uh, Wiggins was, as great as Looney was, Steph was and deserved to be the MVP of this series. All right, 888-957-9570. Let's get Coach Duran next in Union City on 95.7 The Game in the Union. What's up, Coach Duran? Coach. J.D. White. Coach, you there? With the best hey, what's up? radio station, Warriors. <laughs> Warriors. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to give a shout-out, Dub Nation. We're clutch. We're legit. We're wonderful. Man, we're back in the finals. Warrior Nation, we're coming for it. Yeah. All right, appreciate it. Let's go from let's go from coach to Steve on 957 the game. What's up, Steve? Oh, we lost Steve. 888-957-9570. Sam is next in San Francisco. Hey, Sam. Hey, Sam what's G. up, uh, JD Whitey? Um I wanted to to talk about the fans real quick, but but before that, I just want to answer what Whitey had to say about concern. And you know, you 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 said it yourself, Whitey, Luca took takes forever to get back, thereby you know giving the Dubs an advantage four on five at least for a little bit of the possession. And a run has to happen, you know, from a central superstar, and the role players have to get in that rhythm and have to start feeling it. And Luca can get there, but he's not there yet. He's, he's not there to be that, that leader yet they need, the Mavs. So those runs are, are nice, but they live and die by Luca, and he's not, he's not doing much to get them all, all involved just yet, in my opinion. Anyway, I want to quickly say, hats off to Steph for winning Western Conference Finals MVP. That's amazing. And I wanted to say, you know, like, the national media always has to put the Warriors fans center whether whether they like it or not to uh, to defend Steph and in the age of Twitter you see so much back and forth about uh and all this or like you see a lot of a lot of people defending Steph and rightly so but just because you feel you feel like you have to defend him he's so underrated in so many people's eyes and with this we're uh, finals coming back to uh, to Frisco the chase it's a whole different type of Warriors fan environment like Oakland where Steph you know, his legend was made. The Warriors legend was made of an Oakland at Roracle. So, Chase, I know you're going to bring it. I'm a Dubs fan for life. I went to some of those Baron Davis games back in 07. Saw them when they were bad with the Ike Diagu. And now I'm uh, lucky enough to see Steph and the, the guys. So, shout out. Appreciate the call. Good stuff, Sam. Go, go ahead, Whitey. 
I just I appreciate the the Ike Diagu reference. I don't know why. Uh, thank you, uh, Sam. Some interesting points, but JD, I mean, you're there. I just it's pretty apparent to me that you know that that has been kind of an ongoing narrative about fans at Chase. I don't know, are they loud enough? I don't believe that's an issue anymore, is it? After the way they uh, comport themselves tonight and throughout this series, I think if, if, if there's there's no question other than I know it's hard for people to get there in their seats for six. You know, six oh three tip. But other than that, I don't think we have an issue with with Chase fans not bringing it. If I'm wrong, you tell me. But I don't think I no, am. No, I don't think so. And again, part of it is the 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 Roracle nostalgia. I, I you know I know we've talked about this in the past. I I think there is a you know Oracle in in the the hearts of Warrior fans. I think is especially the last couple of years at Oracle. It, it's just. It's just viewed as being better than it was toward the end, and I because I think that you know this year in the playoffs at, at Chase have been very similar to 2018 or 2019 at at Oracle to to be to be honest, and that's a you know credit to the to the Warrior fans, but I also think you know we believe and and 2013, 14, 15, even 16 with the 73 and nine team, you know that that's a peak that that's kind of once in a lifetime in a way and I think yeah you know every fan base has dealt with maybe things not quite being as loud or fans not quite being as into it with the more dominance that they've had right like every I think every fan base has dealt with that when the Bulls moved from Chicago Stadium to United Center people in Chicago oh, it's not quite the same when the Lakers moved from the Forum to Staples and now crypto oh, it's not going to be quite the same when the Celtics moved from the Boston Garden to to now the TD Garden years ago oh, it's not going to be the same I, I think there is a nostalgia and there should be a nostalgia for for what Oracle was but no I I think the, the Warrior fans have been up to the challenge to this point in in the playoffs and yeah it it has been tough to get them in the building on time we've all talked about that a lot but once they've been in their seats they've been a major major factor and I thought tonight was another example of that they were ready to party in this one tonight yeah, this is just such a special night in terms of Chase and what it represented when it was built. And then those two years of, you know, it was built on the backs of the championships. And then, of course, the 15-win season we talked about even last year. Although Steve Kerr said, you know, last year was important for us. We made some strides last year. But now back in the NBA Finals, it is again. I know we touched on this earlier, J.D., and I know we want to get back to the phones. But it's it's fascinating to me the degree to which the Warriors, and I mean the principles like Kerr and Curry, the extent to which now they are acknowledging, look, this is a time, we got a big challenge ahead, but it is appropriate now to celebrate where we are because of what we've gone through the last two years. So it's really a very, very, very special night for longtime Warrior fans. The fact that they're back in the NBA Finals win, as Draymond said, a lot of people thought there was no way this core was ever getting back to the Finals. One longtime Warrior fan, Philmo Mike, joining us Filmo! next year on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Philmo? Philmo! Hey, man. I'm wilding out in uh, Southern California, yelling out Warriors all through the uh, the window <laughs> resorts. They looking at me crazy, but it's all good. They know what time it is. Hey, appreciate you, JD. Appreciate you, Whitey. Whitey, I'm not gonna call you Blackie until we win the ship. When we I win know. the ship, you gonna yep. be back. Yep. You gonna be Blackie Gleason. I swear to God, right. I'm okay. not making no complaints tonight. I'm. 
said thank you. I'm just happy to be here, man. Shout out to your producer. Shout out to uh, everybody, man. I love uh, JB. I'm going to keep it real with you. JB and Tim Roy, they had a little rocky relationship this season. You feel me? If you were listening online, you would know that little insider scoop. But I love it. I love it yet in regardless. I love Tim. I love uh, the other guy from the other station. It's all love. I love everybody, man. I'm so happy right now. Man, I, I, could, I, I could kiss the phone. I love y'all, man. Keep rocking. Appreciate it. Filmo Mike, 888-957-9570. Whitey, tonight is about the longtime and even maybe the short-time Warrior fan. Filmo fired uh, up. Yeah, it's such an incredibly special night. It's just, uh, as we've discussed, it's just so unique to see this team, any team, do what this team has done. And I'm, you know, it is a time to look back and look where they've been, but more than that, a time to look ahead to the freaking finals. I have to admit, maybe I'm wrong to do this, J.D. I think you're there with me. I think most people are there. I'm really feeling like it's going to be Boston. And I don't mean, I'm not saying that to make a prediction. It just... uh, it really looks right now that we're going to have a rematch of the 1964 finals, San Francisco, or Golden State in this case, against the Boston Celtics. I'll be really surprised if the Celtics don't take care of business tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I would be as well. It, it seems like the, the Heat are kind of on their last legs a little bit, really breaking down a number of their key players, just really trying to play through, I think, some situations injury-wise that – that maybe on other teams or, or in other years, they would have already been long shut down, but they're trying to grind it out, and I think admirably trying to grind it out. But I would be surprised if they're able to to find enough to survive not only the Game 6 tomorrow, but then, but then Game 7. And that sets up what I think has the potential. I think a Warriors-Celtics NBA Finals has the potential to be an all-time classic NBA Finals. And, and look, I'm not one to get into the, the hot takes and the hyperbole. I think that's a hell of a matchup with the, the Celtics' young core and a young core that's been in it a few times in terms of making playoff runs of varying degrees but unable to get over the hump to even get to a Finals. It'd be their first Finals since, since the KG Ray Allen uh, Paul Pierce days of, of 2010 when they lost to the Lakers. And then you've got the, the OGs and, and the, the new look OGs with Steph and Clay and Draymond and, and now Wiggins and Looney and Iguodala still there in the back of it. I think it has the potential with the styles of those two teams and, and the defensive ability of the Celtics to be legitimately an all-time classic between two, to- two classic NBA franchises. Can I tell you what really concerns me from the Warriors' standpoint about Boston? Or is it premature? Sure. Just real quick? Okay. Yeah, it's you a look little premature. I mean, we've we got okay. four hours to talk about it on Saturday, but no, go for it. Go for it. Just, real, just a real quick point. Um, you look at these these playoffs this year, and the first round, the Warriors really against Denver. You got Jokic, and then other than that, you know, eh, they got some decent players, um, but you don't have to worry about it. Memphis's jaw, and I know they have some other really nice players, but jaw runs the show. Uh, in this round, it was Luka, Luka, Luka. The next round, Boston has a number of guys, and you're right. Defensively is where they – that's their bread and butter. But they got a number of guys offensively that you got to worry about. So if we get to that, it's going to pre- present a whole different set of challenges for the Warriors defensively, playing Boston as opposed to uh, Dallas, Denver, uh, Memphis that we've seen so far. All right, 888-957-9570. Back to the phones we go. A lot of people that want to talk, and we'll keep it rolling here with JP in Oakland. What's up, JP? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up. Warriors headed to the NBA Finals. 
you guys doing, man? Congratulations, brothers. We are back, man. We back in it. I'm a longtime Warriors fan. Uh, I, I actually live not too far from the Coliseum, man, walking distance. So when the A's have, you know, they're like firework nights, I can take the family out on the porch and we can just check it out like that. You know, nice. and when yeah. I was a kid, man, you would get tickets to the Warriors game for like good citizenship at school, bro. <laughs> I didn't even, you know what I mean? It wasn't, you, you just come to school, they'd give you nosebleed tickets. So it was like, because the, the Warriors weren't really, you know, they weren't really raw like that. So it's, it's, it's wonderful, even with the evolution of the team and them going to the city. I'm kind of. You know, it was kind of bittersweet to see you, you, during the commercial cuts, they they showing, you know, Chase Center, whereas they used to show Lake Merritt, you know, as an Oakland guy. I'm like, dang, I missed that. But, you know, it is what it is, man. We back. We back. One thing that I wanted to talk about, though, is Moody. Moody stepped up in his minutes, man. He's a rookie. He's 19, and he stepped up in this game, that, that play where he kind of fumbled the ball, and then they said on the in the telecast, they said he checked – the, the shot clock from the from Dallas's, you know what I mean, from Dallas's backboard real quick and got it up. Yeah, I, yep. I like Moody's play. I, I I wanted to see Kaminga out there, and uh, I'm a little bit concerned, man, that Kaminga's head ain't ain't where it's supposed to be at. I remember in the series against Memphis, I believe they were making a run, and it looked they cut to the bench, and everybody was up except Kaminga. He kind of looked like he was upset about not being in the game. And I, I'm just like, oh, man, Moody is always locked in. I, I just want Kaminga to be locked in like that, too. Yeah, I appreciate the call. call. I think it's a yeah, great observation, JP, on a number of, on a number of different levels. Moody was, was huge tonight. He, he is 19, I think, going on 32. And I think Kaminga is 19, going on 19. <laughs> I think that's, you know, neither are, are an issue – but you know, you you look at it; they're they're just different paths. And I think while you know, Kaminga has the the physical gifts, Moody's had to to get the job done in a different way. I know Draymond spoke about it so beautifully in the middle of the season how how Moody just has had to lock in and work at it in a different way because Kaminga, you know, then Kaminga because Kaminga's had all the the physical tools at at such a, a young age. But, yeah, Moody came up big, and, and we'll see if, if that translates. He's going to have to play in the finals if the mm-hmm. Warriors are not going to have a couple of these guys, in particular Iguodala and Peyton II back. He, he's going to have to play. And he's, he is a good matchup, I think, for the Celtics in terms of, of body type and, and basketball IQ and ability to play two-way. Yeah, if he's making threes, and that was a big shot, the one JP was describing. It wasn't a three, I don't think, but it was a big shot. Um, he belongs in the NBA. We talked a lot about that during Warriors this week, J.D. Moody was doing everything right. He just struggled with a three-point shot at the NBA level. Initially started making it, and he's, yeah. You know, some of these guys, you could say they're not rookies anymore. Um, I think that's certainly true uh, uh, of him. By the way, J.P. got me thinking about the old days at the Oakland uh, Arena. Anybody remember that, you know, when they had uh, Larry Smith, Mr. Mean, and at one point, like the third quarter, they'd show all the fans on the second level wearing hard hats. It was like the Larry Smith fan club, and they'd do a dance to tequila. I don't know if anybody remembers that. It was really cool. They used to do that at the, uh, at the arena. But real quick on Kuminga, I was wondering tonight – how come he's not playing? Here's my guess, J.D., and who knows, but everything was functioning pretty well offensively. I still think Kuminga is more a guy that Steve Kerr feels like, 
when the offense is stuck, we need his energy. I think that's his rule. And also tonight, I think he just felt like, I want to get Bielitsa in there. So I don't know that it's anything about, well, he's not ready to play. Steve Kerr, I think, has in his mind certain guys for certain roles. And I still think they look at Kaminga as a guy who brings them, boom, instant energy. And I just don't feel like they felt that they needed that tonight. Energy was not an issue tonight at home in a closeout game. No, it wasn't, and I think you're you're on track with how Steve Kerr has used him. I did think it was interesting that he didn't go to him. You know, he went mm-hmm. to Bielitsa after Bielitsa played well in that fourth quarter. He had been going to Moody, and Moody played well in that fourth quarter. The the one player that it didn't really translate into minutes to tonight was was Kaminga. You saw him though, maybe find Bielitsa as somebody that he thought could provide a little something, and Bielitsa did provide yep. uh, something offensively and and defensively in addition to Moody. Big key cogs as far as the the second quarter run went in a 41-29 second quarter that really helped the Warriors uh, jump out uh, to what would be the 17-point halftime lead. 888-957-9570. Phil in Oakland next here on 95.7 The Game. Let's let's go rapid fire here through a few more calls. What's going on, Phil? Hey, guys, what's going on? I just wanted to, you know, congratulate the Warriors again for making it back to the finals. It's been a long time. Uh, long time diehard Warriors fan here, you know, ever since we were here in Oakland, you know, going to the Coliseum, see the games, um, you know, just, it just feels great to be back in the playoffs and be back, you know, in the finals contending again. But I just wanted to touch on Looney and how, uh, great and valuable he is to us. Because without Looney, I don't feel like we would be here right now. You know, um, a lot of people don't know that Looney has started, I think, all of the games, uh, 82 games, and he's been available all the games uh, for the Warriors. He's been like Iron Man. And without him, his defensive presence, you know, we we wouldn't be where we are right now. Um, going back to a few years ago when they played the Houston Rockets and he – was that uh, defensive switch on the, I think it was Chris Paul or James Harden. He played a vital Both role of them. getting us past them. So I, I feel like now, you know, with him being, you know, just that core defensive player, I mean, Draymond gets a lot of credit, but I feel like Looney has to get that credit too. I mean, he's also has, you know, he has championships. He's won rings with us. He has two rings. Like he won them back in, I think, two thousand. 16, 2017, I think. Or, <clears throat> so, yeah, he definitely has that experience. So, um, yeah, just wanted to give a big shout-out to Looney and, you know, what he's been doing with us. It's been awesome. Thanks for the call. Good stuff, Phil. Let's go from Phil to M Squared. M Squared in Dublin next on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, M Squared? M Squared. J.D., what's up, J.D.? What's up, Whitey? How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well, doing well. Excited. Fired up tonight. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Hey, a um, couple comments, uh, Whitey. I do remember the Larry Smith fan club, and I was <laughs> going to the game in those days. Uh, my brother-in-law and I actually went, and Larry Larry Smith was um, you know, definitely a fan favorite. I didn't know about the tequila thing, but um, we definitely saw the dudes in the hard hats, and that was mm-hmm. I was indoctrinated into the NBA knowing who Larry Smith was from an early age. A um, couple other comments here. You know, um, Kerr said something really interesting the other night. 
about Moody, and he said that Moody knew where to be on the floor, when to make a play, and when not to make a play. Kind of what I've thought about that is, is it seems like if he's putting Kaminga in the game, it's to make a play. So I don't think, I think kind of to your point, J.D., I think Moody has a different skill set, and he's put in there where he can put it, he can be put in just to make things flow and to know where to be on defense. That all being said, he's been amazing. I was not big on him athletically coming out of the draft. I did not, you know, I wasn't in love with the tape that I saw of him. He's really, really shown a lot. I would also just point out that um, you guys talked about it. I think Whitey mentioned Bielitsa earlier. You know, he contained Brunson out on the perimeter. He stood Luca up. He moved his feet really well. If you guys told me, if I came in with no basketball knowledge, and you told me that Bielitsa was as bad of a defender as he has a rep for, I never would have believed you watching him play tonight. Like, I had double-checked my eyes and watched his feet move again. I rewound it to watch him because he looked like a completely different player on defense. That all being said, um, finals are going to be tough. I'm stoked. Warriors are back. Go Dubs. I'm out. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, the Larry Smith hard hat club got it, and and I think that's a great <laughs> point on on Moses Moody as far as knowing where to be and knowing when and when to not make a play. That I, I think that's an excellent point. With Kaminga, Kerr almost has to take that away and just say, just go, just go be you. Just go try to make a play. Just go try to attack because. Kaminga still is at his best when he's looking to score, right? It's yeah, not the little yeah. it's not the little things. You know, Moody can do the little things and be successful. Kaminga doesn't really do the little things. He either attacks and scores and makes a few wow plays, or he isn't much of a factor, at least at this stage of his career. I still think to degree in the half court he can be a ball stopper. And some ball stoppers are guys that just they don't pass. And it's not that he he doesn't pass. It's just he's not as adept at that part of the game. He's a willing passer. He's just not that great at seeing the offense. And he's just more, like you say, playmaker from the dunker spotter in transition. That was one of the things also, in addition to the defense, as M Squared said on Bielitsa. I'm I'm with you. I'm chuckling as you say that because I'm watching that tonight going, wait a minute, what is this? He was tremendous. But also, he's a great playmaker. And Looney also. Looney had four assists tonight. Looney is passing in this series. I think, you know, we knew he was a good rebounder. Didn't know he was going to put up numbers like that. Didn't know he would score like that. But I didn't know he was capable of passing the ball as well as he did in this series, J.D. No, I he just – he was a ball mover. He was a he was a yeah. flow guy, I, I think, yeah. at, at times. And, and the Warriors found him in spots where I, I thought also, and I think Tim Kalkami, the athletic, had pointed this out, maybe in game three or game four, Looney just – goes up strong now. Like, he doesn't get caught in between. He doesn't really yeah. – he just goes up and, and tries to score. He He's become, I think, a little bit more direct in his path to when he gets the ball around the basket, whereas at times in the past it was almost as if, am I open enough to try and go up? Or, or does he try to kind of look around almost if there's a pass to be made? No, now if he's around the basket, he just tries to go up and score. He's been successful with it. I also wonder why he is part of that just the fact that maybe physically he's feeling a little bit more confident in his body. Yeah, I think it's two things to my eye. Yeah, I think you're right. I agree with you. Physically, I think he's springier, especially, again, going back to that you know 15-win season. I remember he'd be underneath and go up to lay the ball in and could barely get it over the rim. And I think in addition in this series, J.D., I'd be interested to know what you think, what callers think. 
I've noticed him developing more of an offensive game as far as cle- more clever ways to get the ball to the basket. Before it was go straight up and then sometimes get it blocked. He had one shot tonight. It was actually a very poor shot early on where it looked like Vlade Divas. Like, what is he doing as he tried this, you know, uh, contorting himself to the basket? But he's been really um, very creative around the basket in ways that I'd never seen him before. No doubt. And I think that's that's really helped. And, and look, he was an offensive he was an offensive threat in this series in a, in a big way, and his yep. 10 points helped him tonight, as did Draymond Green's 17 points in the game Amazing. tonight. Uh, you know, Bob Fitzgerald always brings it up, and we talk about it a lot. When he scores 10, the Warriors are pretty unbeatable, but Draymond, 6 for 7, 17 points, a huge and one at the beginning of the fourth quarter. The Warriors had all five of their starters in double digits and then Jordan Poole with 16 more off the bench and they needed it tonight in a night where Curry was five for 17. How about this stat? NBA TV had this stat earlier tonight when Draymond Green makes one three-pointer in a game this season when Draymond makes one three-pointer the Warriors are 19 and one JD (laughs) obviously it's not yeah that's not like cause and effect but it just shows when he's making any shots how much harder this team is to guard and he was big time tonight let's go to Washburn in Oakland next on 95.7 the game hey Washburn how you guys doing doing well what's on your mind tonight loud and clear Washburn my um, I want to talk about Bob Myers and the great job he did over the years creating this legacy right here. I suffered through those Larry Smith days you were talking about. I can name the starting five. Joe Barry Carroll, Larry Smith, Purvis Short, World Be Free, and Lorenzo Romar. <laughs> I remember them days. I remember, I remember the draft picks, Washburn and uh, Todd Fuller and – all the bums we used to just have. I used to, I mean, I used to be so disgusted. I want to give a special shout-out to Bob Myers for all the great draft picks, the maneuvers he's done, the great players he's drafted, the role players. He's did a remarkable job. And earlier today they was talking about how the dynasty may end because we may have to pay the Warriors too much money when their contracts come up. But I think as Curry and Draymond and Clay get up there, they're going to take pay cuts because they go, they, they, they financially stable to keep the dynasty going because they're a great group of group of guys, you know? And so, but that's what I want to talk about. There's a special shout out to Bob Myers for doing a great job because he don't get enough credit. We talk about everybody else, but Bob Myers is a great, great, great basketball man. Thanks for the call, Washburn. Yeah. From the Wiggins deal, which, went back to Durant leaving and then D'Angelo Russell, but D'Lo going from the Warriors to Minnesota. The Warriors get Andrew Wiggins, and Steve Kerr said it the other night that essentially the, the whole the whole turn for the Warriors off of that, that awful 1920 season was the, the Wiggins deal and, and starting to replenish the, the wing depth that you need to compete at the highest level in the NBA. You look at the Jordan Poole pick, from 2019 that looks like a great pick now you look at Moody and Kaminga the future is bright for those two and we haven't even mentioned James Wiseman's name once tonight on the show and he's in the fold for the future so 
yeah, as far as the, the two-timeline plan, uh, I, I'll say, I mean, it looks like this team's got the ability to obviously win the championship this year, maybe contend for it next year and the following, and then another and then another wave of, of really good young players that are that are around to fill the gaps if some of the veterans aren't around anymore or are around to, to ride with them and trying to keep it keep it rolling. Yeah, Washburn, thank you for the flashback. Purvis Short, man, that guy could shoot. Thank you for that. Bob Myers is a great GM. He's also um as you, you probably can tell if you you know you listen to him on our stage, he's really a great guy. He's a wonderful man, more importantly, but he's a great GM. And I think as we look so much at that, you know, the last two years, the gap year, that 15-win year, one of the things we have to um, focus on tonight or acknowledge, J.D., and you just touched on it, that year, remember the words, it was about player development. And that's a really important part of any organization, especially a team that's trying to bridge one of those gaps. Our core is getting older. What are we going to do to stay relevant in the future? We have to develop players. And Bob Myers deserves a lot of credit for that. The whole staff, the player development staff, they've done an excellent job over these last three years at getting the Warriors into a position where in a big game they can play Moses Moody. They have a guy like Kamingu play well in the last game. Uh, Jordan Poole has blossomed as one of their star players. So, yeah, you're right. Bob Myers done a great job. Warriors player development has to be very, very proud of themselves or should be to have done everything they've done to help this team get back to the finals. And and they revamped the, their player development from yeah. from last year even in, into this year. They wanted it to become you know, more of a factor within the organization, I think, in, in part because of the first-round picks that they've had. I mean, three big-time first-round picks here in these last two years with Kaminga and Moody this year, with Wiseman, who we still have to see what, what he can provide here at some point next year, and then obviously Jordan Poole and his development, which I think really turbocharged the whole thing. I think he is the key uh, as far as bridging the, the two old to the new. His ability to be a legitimate scoring threat and offset some of the nights where maybe Clay doesn't have it or Steph doesn't have it and do it in an efficient way. You know, him and Wiggins really, I think, are the are the two the two keys to making the, the whole thing work here. And and I think look, if the Warriors go on and win the championship in the next couple of weeks, it's gonna be fascinating to see what they ultimately decide to do because you could make a hell of a case at that point to to try and run it back completely, I think. And, 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 you know, I know some like to say you can't pay everybody. Well, maybe you do. Maybe you do look to pay everybody at a greater level if you're back contending for, for championships. Jimmy in Walnut Creek next on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Love the show. I got a question for you. Um, the East, it seems like it's a much tougher uh, how do I say this? The refs let a lot more go than, it, than the Western Conference. And I was curious to know your guys' opinions on that. That You know, it's, it just seems, maybe I'm wrong, it seems so much more physical. I mean, when the ticky-tack fouls, they call on us for, for Luca causing contact or um, Brunson causing contact, they, we get fouls. It just seems like they let so much more go in the East. And I'll take your answer off the air, but it just seems so different. Because if it's a physical... If Boston gets to play physical, it could be a little tougher for the Warriors. I'll take your answer off the air. Yeah, I think, look, the game is played differently in the playoffs. I think that's a big part of why it's officiated differently. I think Steve Kerr quoted Steve Javi, the the former official with that, going back, I think, 
some point in the last couple of days, maybe after after game four or before game four, uh, or before you know in the day between the two games, uh, three and four in, in Dallas there, Whitey. But look, the Celtics are a top defense, and we've seen it over the years. Even when the Warriors had Durant uh, with the Marcus Smarts and the Jalen Browns of the world. They have put the Warriors through some hell, <laughs> and and they have mm-hmm. you know eight of the nine guys that play in their regular rotation are all good defenders, and and so if that winds up being the matchup, the Warriors are going to have their hands full. They really are. I think one of the things that Jimmy's seeing there is it's just those two teams in the East JD. They are more physical. Both of them are more physical. So when you got two teams playing each other like that, Warriors and Dallas are not as physical. Yeah, the East is going to look like they're letting more go. I I don't know that that's the case, but those teams are more physical. I think it is going to be crucial to determining uh, who wins, how the next series, how they call it, whether it's Miami, unlikely but possible, or Boston, how tightly are they going to call things? Because, yeah, we remember when Boston came in here, J.D., um, it wasn't just that, you know, I'm not saying that the officials let things go, but they just physically overpowered the Warriors. I, I don't think that's an overstatement. That was a game where Steph got hurt. Maybe he doesn't get hurt. Maybe things are different. But Robert Williams the third that night and Marcus Smart, they just physically dominated the Warriors. No, they absolutely did. And and the Warriors looked overwhelmed. The Warriors did beat the Celtics early in the year in November, I believe, in back in, in Boston. Uh, and that was before the Celtics had, had really turned their season around. They turned it around right around New Year's and really mm-hmm. even more so uh, toward the toward the back end of, of January. So, yeah, you, you look at it, and uh, actually it was December the 17th when the Warriors went into Boston and, and won. So mid-December, uh, the Warriors were able to go in and win. So they split the season series with the road team winning uh, each game and the Celtics getting even back on that March the 16th when Steph went down. Let's uh, get Dave in Pittsburgh here before we pause on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Dave. Oh, what's up, fellas? I uh, just wanted to give a quick heads up. I want to give a shout-out to the graduating class of 2020 and 2021 from SF State. I was just at a Oracle Arena, really close to Chase Center, Jogged back home as quick as I could to get on the phone. So I wanted to talk about uh, Wiggs and Looney. I think Looney injecting him in the in the Memphis series was huge for us, and getting All Star Wiggs back and having performing at this level has been huge for us. In Game Four, when we had the rooks out or the young guys out with um, Moody, uh, Poole, and Kaminga, and we took that lead from 29 back to 10, I thought that was huge for their experience as well. I'm really excited. I, I mean, I was excited to get on this phone call with you guys. But, yeah, Moody, Kaminga, Poole, and Looney and Wiggs are, like, my two big surprises. I can't wait to see what they're going to do in the finals for us. And who, do you, who would you guys rather see in the finals, Miami, I know it looks slim, or Boston? Thanks for the call, guys. I think the Warriors, if, if Miami were able to come back and win tomorrow in Boston and then win on Sunday in a Game 7 – I think the Warriors would beat my. I think the Warriors might sweep Miami. To be honest, mm-hmm. they they are they are broken and on their last legs. And if they are able to cobble together two wins and come back from three two down to beat the Celtics, as hobbled as they are, I think the I think the Warriors may sweep them. I think that's a five game series. So to answer the question, you, you if you're a Warrior fan, you're hoping and praying that Miami can somehow win tomorrow and and win on Sunday. I think that's a short series. I really do. They don't have enough in the tank. To, to beat the Warriors as as 
physical as they would be. There's going to be extra days in between these games, uh, at least two days in between each game, except for game three and game four, which will be played in the eastern cities. Uh, but no, I, I the, the Celtics are by far the tougher matchup in my mind, Whitey. Quick thought on yeah, that. Yeah, no question. Yeah, the Warriors and Warrior fans having parties tonight, and if Miami were to win the series, that's that would be a, uh, <laughs> that would be a good reason to have another party if Boston doesn't get into the yes. finals. So, yes, yeah, probably going to be the Celtics. I'm with you. I think the Warriors, if it's Miami, the Warriors are going to win the NBA finals. If it's Boston, we'll see. But um, Dave, pardon me, Dave also mentioned Wiggins. And, uh, you know, we haven't talked enough about Wiggins tonight. I know we've touched on it. But, again, as you look at this team, how they got to this point from 2019, their last trip to the finals. And remember, J.D., we were there. Wiggins' first game, and it was a big point of discussion. Who are they going to get? They're going to trade for Wiggins or trade D'Angelo Russell for Wiggins, and you had to take a pick also to take that contract, and he's been phenomenal, and he's just so, in this series especially, he's so comfortable, and when he's comfortable, he's impactful, and he, he just at both ends of the floor, and it's been, you know, just night and day with him over last year when there were so many games where it's like, is he out there? He's okay, but Wiggins they don't get to the funnels without Andrew Wiggins, which again speaks to Bob Myers and the great job the staff uh, did going out and get Wiggins in the first place. But Wiggins had a phenomenal series, and I'll just I'll never forget one of the things I'll always remember about this series is Wiggins scoring, and every time he scored, he'd start to go back down court, and then nope, right back around and guarding Luca the full ninety four feet. All right, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. More phone calls. Shot of the game coming up. Warriors wrap-up continuing here from Chase. Dubs beat the Mavs 120-110. to You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Curry on the break, working on Kleba. Left-hand dribble to the paint, goes cross-court to Moody. He'll fire away, three ball! Moses Moody forces a timeout. The Warriors lead by 18. Chase Center exploding. Now back to Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. Massive, massive play, massive shot for Moses Moody. The 19-year-old, big-time impact, second quarter. He had seven points. Warriors go on to win game five of the West Finals, 120-110, to as they are back in the NBA Finals for the first time since 2019 and for the sixth time in the last eight seasons. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason back with you here uh, as we continue to wrap things up. Whitey, great interview from Steph Curry and Clay. Uh, I'm sorry, Steph Curry and Draymond Green as they joined the the TNT set out at Thrive City here inside Chase Center. We got about four or five minutes of that that I think is definitely worth letting people great. Uh, listen in on. We've also got our shot of the game coming up. Uh, let's get two quick calls in. Dave and Alameda and Andrea and Berkeley have both been waiting. We'll we'll close the night as far as the phone lines with those two. Dave, you're up first here this segment on 95.7 The Game. Hey, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. How's it going? Great show. You guys from Chase Center. That must be nice. I wish I was you guys. Uh, Dang, I want to uh, say congratulations to Kevon Looney. That guy's awesome, man. That guy is, he just looks, he's got a, he's like a rebounding machine. That looks like Ben Wallace. I kind of remember Guru saying something silly that he could score on him one time on the radio. That was ridiculous. Uh, as Simon <laughs> said, the, the, the Mavericks are going to win in six. Oops. <laughs> I know Spadoni's mad that the Lakers aren't going to be there because a lot of Laker fans are bumming because the Warriors are going to play the Celtics in the finals. That's going to do a lot for that area when there's a parade over there. I mean, everybody – you know what's so crazy? People are going to start looking at Northern California again as a great place to live, you know, because everyone's – you know, L.A. is the greatest, but, you know, sometimes once the Warriors win it, people are going to say, man, the Bay Area is pretty sweet, man. They, and look at this. Chase Center is going to get a banner. They're going to get rings this year. It's going to be awesome, man. The Celtics versus the Warriors is going to be a classic. You know, that's what you want. You want the both, you know, just two historic franchises going for the title. It's going to be awesome. Steph Curry is the man, and you guys have a great show. Peace. All right, appreciate it. Uh, 888-957-9570, good stuff there. Uh, why do you want to you weigh in on anything Dave had to say? I just I didn't hear anything about the great Jason Kidd. He's been touting Jason Kidd for, what, three weeks now? They didn't hear anything from Dave and Alameda about Jason Kidd, but thank you, Dave, for the kind words. Appreciate it. 
All right. Uh, we got a few people that have popped up here. Andrea, we'll get Andrea in. And then that guy and Ricky, we got to save some time for the regulars here. Uh, Andrea, you're next here uh, on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Andrea. Hey, great show and great Warriors win. That was awesome. And, uh, yeah, Clay Thompson, I just looked at his sports astrology. He's born February 8, 1990. He's an Aquarius. And check this out, Saturn is conjunct his son in Aquarius once every 29 years and represents a culmination of years of effort and striving towards his goals. So uh, we like the timing of that. And Saturn is called the ruler of destinies. It has the feature to materialize the potential of the person. And, and Clay's persistence, his dedication, you know, that, that was really, you know, a sight to behold because he certainly you know, paid his dues there. So it was just really nice to see him have such an awesome game and, you know, just be so significant and have such a direct impact uh, with the Saturn transit. It really brings rewards to those who have worked really hard, and he's worked really hard. Yes, he has. Thanks, Andrea. Appreciate the call. Good stuff there. We'll go to that guy at Oakland next on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, that guy. Hey, good evening, fellas. It's a great night. First of all, I'd like to start with uh, Whitey, J.D. I appreciate what you guys do, staying up, doing the post game, doing, you know, all that you guys do. Appreciate it. Dub Nation appreciates it. A um, couple things. With uh, the, the narrative I'm hearing, and, I, you know, I can't complain because if Steph Curry's on the court, the whole team's better. So he deserves everything he has. But they're saying already, the naysayers, that, the league wanted a superstar to get the very first the inaugural award, the Magic Johnson Award. So 20 years from now, they'll look and see Steph Curry was the, win- the winner of it. So, you know what? The whole team deserves it, in my opinion. They were all unbelievable, but you got to give it to Steph. He's the ringleader. He makes the engine run, and uh, he deserves it. And then a couple things, guys, and I'll get your take here if you could. Um, it, if, if it is the Celtics, how it's it's Super important that we get GP2 back and hopefully Iguodala because their defensive skills are going to be greatly needed against the Celtics. What's your guys' take on that? You guys have a great weekend. Be safe. Happy Memorial Day. Go Dub. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the call there. Very important. And, look, I I know the Warriors are cautiously optimistic, but they they do need – this is projects for me to be a series where the Warriors may get shut down a little bit offensively, at least in comparison to, to other series. And that means that they're going to have to be that much better defensively. How are you that much better defensively? Will you get back two of your better defensive players? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, Iguodala would be wonderful. I'm just not counting on him coming back. GP two, it seems like maybe there's a there's a the, there's a sliver of a chance there, which would be tremendous. But it's also quite possible, given the success the Warriors have had. You know, Boston's not the greatest shooting team, and maybe the Warriors will try to see how uh, how the zone works against them as well. So we might see the Warriors playing a little more zone also against Boston, given the success they had with it against the Dallas Mavericks. Ricky, speaking of Boston, is calling us from Boston. Here on Warriors wrap up on ninety five seven the game. Hey Ricky, what's up, man? How you doing? Talk about Clay's performance tonight, but real quick on that, uh, getting your uh, guys back. I think Porter is more important than anybody because if you know he likes to play the center, uh, you know the second quarter. I always see him playing at number five, 
And if you get him, like, you know, and he likes to shoot the threes, he'll drag uh, Robert Williams up because Robert Williams is a force in the middle, man. But anyway, guys, listen, Clay Thompson, you know, I'm a dirty old man that loves basketball, and I'm a huge fan of Clay Thompson. I got my Clay Thompson jersey on. I don't care. I'll throw the ones with everybody here in Boston. I don't care, bro. I want the Warriors to win because, like I said, I'm a huge Clay Thompson fan. And his performance tonight, like I told you, game six against the Grizzlies, if you get this kind of Clay, you're going to win the championship. He can't be mediocre, especially against Boston. If he's mediocre, you guys are not going to win. He has to have these kind of performances for seven games or whatever, how long the series lasts, because he needs to be Clay Thompson of tonight. All right, guys, thank you so much, and I appreciate you. Good point. Appreciate it, Ricky. Yeah, your thoughts, Whitey? Uh, good points. I'll just say this. According to NBA TV, Clay tonight had his fifth playoff game with eight or more three-pointers, and no one else has that many. That's an NBA record for Clay Thompson. Eight uh, three-pointers in a playoff game five times now. But I agree with everything Ricky said there about Clay and how important it is for him to play well, really well, and consistently make jump shots against Boston. Yeah, the Warriors are going to have to be offensively efficient to to win this series against a team that has been elite defensively and has multiple wing defenders and guard defenders. The Celtics are are maybe the only team in the league that can put a, a premier defender on Steph and another one on Clay and maybe even another one on Jordan Poole if they, if they mm-hmm. want to and a pretty good and a pretty good one on Wiggins and then have you know, between uh, Robert Williams, you know, at, at the at the rim as well, and I know he's been a little banged up and, and been able to play at varying degrees, but but they have a lot of really good defenders on that roster, and I think that that projects to be problematic, and, and some of these games I think would project to be a real grind. That's why. Well, well, yeah, you don't want it to be a grind. You're right, and that's why it's you know this is basic basketball. But if you're the Warriors in the next round, you're playing Boston. You want to get stops as many as you can and get out in transition and get out and score before Boston gets that half court defense set. Yeah, Grant Williams, great defender as well on the on the yeah. perimeter. That that's an, that's another one. I mean, they could put Tatum on somebody. They could put Jalen Brown on somebody. They could put Grant Williams on somebody. They got Robert Williams either switching out or or able to protect the rim. Most of the players that play for the Celtics are are, are really good defenders. So uh, let's go ahead and get to our shot of the game presented by the County of Santa Clara. They rise as one at Chase Center as Curry crossover, head fake, off the dribble one-hander. Thought he was going to get a foul call. No, Wiggins rebound back to Curry. Corner three, Stephen Curry. Timeout, Dallas. 2.02 to go, and it's 118-102. The Warriors on top. Yeah, that was pretty much night-night for the Dallas Mavericks. So, Whitey, in this one, your shot Where of the was game the night-night? Didn't you want to see the night night there? I was waiting for it. Yeah, it's funny. I was in the Dallas airport, Whitey, uh, coming back. What would that have been? I guess two days ago. Although, all, actually, I guess it was yesterday yeah. morning, early. The days all run together at this <laughs> whatever. point. Whatever. Yeah. And yeah, whatever. And there was a book. There was a book in the Dallas airport, and I actually took a picture of, of the book. And the and the book was it, it entitled uh, "Good Night Dallas." <laughs> and I, I kept that I, I kept that in mind uh, as as I got on the plane and and all through the day. Maybe I'll have to tweet out that book. Yeah, 
uh, from mm-hmm. from from the airport in in Dallas. Yeah, good night, Dallas. And uh, so, yeah, definitely good night. <laughs> good night for the Warriors. Uh, and as they hand it to the Mavs tonight. So just uh, some final thoughts here, Whitey, uh, as we close it out. Also want to make sure we let everybody know that the shot of the game brought to you by the County of Santa Clara, book a COVID-19 booster now at sccfreevax.org or call 211. Final thoughts on a special night here at Chase Center and a special night for the Golden State Warriors back in the NBA Finals. Great night. You know, Steph Curry said it best. He said, this isn't, as I mentioned earlier, this isn't the ultimate goal, but given where we've been the last couple of years, we're going to celebrate this. And the fact that Clay had such a big night, he's kind of the symbol of the Warrior struggles the last couple of years. And it was so great during the presentation when Ernie Johnson kind of broke from the script on the court. And I know you were there and said, Clay, we got to ask you, what does this feel like? And Ernie Johnson said, all basketball fans are so glad, Clay, that you're back and you had this big night. So a night to celebrate and then, of course, we still have the finals to come. I think it's going to be Boston, but it looks like we're just getting started. It's been a great, unbelievable year, and we could have a great, unbelievable finals ahead of us, J.D., and I look forward to being part of it with you, sir. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Game one of the finals a week from tonight, 6 o'clock. Uh, all of these games during the week are going to be 6 o'clock Pacific. The ones in Boston or Miami, 9 o'clock Eastern, so still 6 o'clock Pacific. I think game two is a 5 o'clock start. And just running through the, the schedule, it's it's Thursday the 2nd and then Sunday the 5th at Chase. So game one and two, Thursday the 2nd, Sunday the 5th. Then it's two days off between game two and game three. Game three uh, will be played in the Eastern City Uh, Coming up on June the 8th, game four, June the 10th. So Wednesday, Friday for three and four in the eastern cities. And then two days off there in between game four and game five as there is a travel day built in. Also, each NBA Finals day, our game has its own little media day uh, leading up to it as well. So game five would be Monday the 13th, game six, Thursday the 16th, and then game seven, if it goes that far, would be June the 19th on Father's Day. That's another 5 o'clock Pacific tip, but on Sunday. So good news as far as if the Warriors do play four home games in the NBA Finals. Whitey, two of them would be on Sunday, which I think alleviates some of the getting everybody into their seat for a weeknight yeah. game early. That that could be a little bit of an advantage. Here we go. It's going to be extra, extra special. Warrior fans deserve this. Really looking forward to it, J.D. All right, so that'll do it for us. Uh, for Whitey Gleason, I'm John Dickinson. Thanks to everybody in our San Francisco studios as well. Uh, Sterling Bennett and Craig Valentino and everybody else. Excellent work. Uh, as we will be back on Saturday, Whitey, the two of us. And we got you on yeah. Memorial Day as well. So Saturday from 9 to 1 with the Woo-hoo. usual Warriors this week. And then Memorial Day Monday, we're on 2 to 6 uh, doing the afternoon show. So looking forward to that as well. And Warriors Live on Thursday, 4.30. That's at Damon and Ratto, Warriors Live. And then uh, we're going to be back after the ball game, Whitey, uh, as the Warriors take on the Celtics or the Heat in Game 1 of the Finals. That'll do it. Warriors win it tonight, 120-110. to They take the Western Conference Finals, four games to one over the Mavs. And you heard it all right here in your home for Warriors basketball, 95-7 the game. Good night. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.